Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We're glad you're joining us today uh, for this study in the Word of God. Uh, we believe somebody in this listening audience somewhere uh, is going to hear something from God's Word as we bring it as clearly and concisely as we can with the help of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to change your life. It's going to absolutely give you hope in the darkest places that you could possibly find yourself. Uh, there's not only light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, there's light in the tunnel. You don't have to get through that tunnel for the light will come to you and shine upon you in that dark place. Amen. So we want you to understand what God stands ready to do for those who are hurting, but put their trust in Him through Jesus Christ today. Amen. So we're very glad that you're with us, whether you're listening uh, by computer, uh, that you have downloaded this message, or whether you are listening uh, actually to the radio station website that we were on. Uh, you can come to our website from there. You may have come from there. We don't know how you discovered this broadcast. You may be a consistent listener uh, through our website. And uh, we're glad that you found us. We're glad that you followed this ministry. Uh, and we're glad to bring the Word of God to you today and to all who hear it. Amen. So as we get ready today to go to the Word, I usually pray before every 30-minute uh, uh, broadcast. This is a broadcast. And we just pray as it is broadcast through the media by computer, by our website, wherever it goes, that it will accomplish what God has purposed it to accomplish. So, Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus as we open our Bibles and open our minds, that we open our hearts as well to receive the Word, the seed into a good ground heart, that it may produce the fruit that you have designed and you have desired within us. In Jesus' name, make my my tongue the pen of a ready writer as I speak today. Speak to me, Holy Spirit, that you might speak through me. Amen and amen. Psalm 107 is our our study, and we're talking about trusting God in troubled times. Trusting God in troubled times. We talked about the fact that He saves the lost, the searching, the confused, the seekers who seek and seek and seek through sin and never find what they're looking for. Uh, he hears the cry when they finally realize that only God can satisfy that deep longing within. And we find that He sets free the captive soul that is 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 absolutely chained and bound by the darkness of this world and the evil one's lies. Uh, today we're going to talk about the fact that he heals the sin-sick soul. Psalm 107 tells of four categories. We're in the third category of hurting people. And these are the people that he heals their sin-sick soul in his unfailing love. 
And this is found in Psalm 107, verse 17 through 22. Listen to what it says. It said, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. I'll tell you, we used to sing the old camp meeting song, You Can't Tell It Like I Can Tell It, What He's Done For Me. And the people who are forgiven much, the Bible said they love much. There's a deeper appreciation for the grace of God, the goodness of God. When someone knows how unworthy we are and how, how we deserve judgment, but yet we find mercy flowing from the heart and from the hand of God toward us. And today we're talking about God healing the sin-sick soul. Believe me, sin will make you sick. The guilt of it, the shame of it, that gnawing within, knowing that we need to truly get right with God to relieve the pain and the pressure that we are under. You see, the devil uh, tempts us to sin. And yet, when we do sin, then he points an accusing finger at us. And then the pain begins within our heart. There is relief today for the sin-sick soul. Listen to me carefully today. When we went on radio years ago, we claimed what we read in this scripture in Psalm 107 and verse 20. He sent his word in order to heal them and deliver them from their destructions. This third category of people is described beginning in verse 17. They are foolish folks involved in sinfulness. It says their iniquity has caused them to be afflicted. These people are discouraged. They feel hopeless. It says they abhor all kinds of food. What could give them substance they now reject? They can't enjoy a meal because of the guilt and the shame that 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 is afflicting them that that sin has brought upon them the consequences of sin is death uh, initially and eternally without repentance but friend of mine there's another consequence of sin and every person who is harboring unconfessed sin knows that consequence and that consequence is simply that we feel no and and find no pleasure in any anything that sin can offer the only way we will ever feel 
good again about ourself and in our soul is when we confess our sin so that God can forgive it, reconcile us unto himself. And then the Bible said we should be a people of great rejoicing because of God's mercy and God's grace and the relief from that that terrible, hopeless feeling. David Wilkerson tells the story of a man in this situation, a pastor that he knows, who had been having some difficult times in his marriage. He and his wife ended up going over the brink one night, and he yelled at her and ran out and went back to the alcohol habit, which by God's grace he had whipped many years before. He returned in the middle of the night drunk, The next morning, he went to see David Wilkerson and told him, according to this account, David, I just need to leave the ministry. I cannot continue in a life like this. I've lost it. I'm worthless. There's nothing I have to offer anymore. You see, friend, this type of person is described in verses 17 through 22. The one who has indeed sinned but then who is believing Satan's lie, that because of that sin, his life is hopeless and worthless, and there's no way that God could possibly bless him and use him any longer. Friend, what a lie that the devil tells us. What a a devious enemy he is to tempt us to sin and then point his his crooked bony finger at us because of the sin we've committed oh i'm so glad that jesus came according to luke 4:18 to heal the broken hearted and this word broken hearted uh, is is a deeper and stronger word in the greek than just feeling bad about ourselves or bad about our sin in the greek it means to tear one's body to shatter one's strength, literally to break in pieces. And I want you to know today there is hope for everyone who is brokenhearted because of our own folly and our own failure. Thank God for the the love of God that continues to reach out to you and to reach out to me. The Bible said in Psalm 32, it's, the, it's what David wrote after his great sin. And, and, and listen to it. It says, blessed is he. And that word blessed, I like that word in the Hebrew because it means happy to be envied. And believe me, in this day, if you are happy, you are to be envied by others because nothing in this world can bring true happiness and fulfillment No amount of money, no amount of fame, nothing, no sin uh, that is engaged in can bring lasting happiness and fulfillment. But, oh, David said, blessed, happy to be envied is he whose transgression are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit there's no deceit. And David went on to say in 
Verse 3 of Psalm 32, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. You see this brokenheartedness, this strong, this strong word in the Greek in the New Testament that Jesus came to heal. When I kept silent, when he didn't confess his sin, in other words, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped. Remember the Greek word said to shatter one's strength is the word for brokenhearted in the New Testament in Luke 4.18. And my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up mine iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Verse 6 says, Let therefore everyone who is godly pray to you when you may be found. Praise God. I'm just going to read a little bit further. This is so good. What happens when that burden is lifted from our life? Hallelujah. It says, Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely, when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. Let, let's go right down quickly to, to verse, uh, verse, well, let's just continue. We got time. We got nothing but time if you'll take the time. Amen. You are my hiding place. Verse seven says you will protect me from trouble. Surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or mule which have no understanding, but must be controlled by the bit and bridle. Here is the pain and pressure that is applied. When we go our own way, when we walk with a rebellious heart against God, or they will come to you, or they will, they will try to bite you literally. Many are the woes of the wicked, verse 10, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you upright in heart. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. God is ready to heal the brokenhearted today. Uh, are you ready to be healed today? And the healing comes because he sends his word. You know, I believe in divine appointments. I don't believe in happenstance and accidents. I believe you're hearing this message today. If this applies to you personally, I believe God is sending his word to you to heal your broken heart to take that heaviness, to turn your, your, your sorrow to dancing. Praise God. You're weeping to singing. God is a gracious God and a good God, and He loves you today. And grace is flowing to you today. Listen to this testimony of Sabrina. It goes along with this, this particular theme that we're talking about today. She says, I'm, walking, I'm a walking testimony 
to God's goodness. I was physically abused by my dad, sexually abused by my stepdad, and raped by my boyfriend. All of this resulted in deep depression and bulimia. When I, di- when I didn't eat, I really hurt my body, and I will suffer the consequences for the rest of my life. I had fallen away from God during my teen years, but now I have rededicated my life to Jesus. I love Him more than anything, and if it wasn't for Him, I wouldn't be alive right now. But of my experience, because of my experiences, I've been able to lead several people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. He has healed me of some of the side effects of my eating disorders, and I can still have children. I'm very grateful. He's done a wonderful work in my life. I live at home now with my mom, my sister, and my stepdad. I can honestly say that I love him, and I forgive him. He is precious in God's sight, too. One more thing. I love myself now, now listen, I want to stop here in this testimony because the Bible uh, talks about uh, loving, uh, loving others as we love ourselves, doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. Uh, this, this is the golden rule, uh, many call it. And, and you can't, this is not that self-love that leads to sin through selfishness and self-exaltation, and all the things that self in the negative sense can do. It is, it is getting out of that self-loathing that condemnation brings to us. Two forces go to work when we sin. Number one is conviction. Thy hand, David said, was on me. It was heavy on me. He was under deep conviction, and that's a positive powerfully positive thing because it means that God wants you to confess the sin so he can forgive the sin and lift the weight of that heaviness from our heart and mind and life. Ah, but there's another force. There's one who is called Diablos in the Greek in the New Testament, devil, which means a maligner and it means an accuser. And the Bible speaks of the accuser of our brethren who accuse them before God day and night. And he not only accuses us before God, but he accuses us uh, in a personal, powerfully personal way. You're no good. You are unworthy and you are worthless. Friend of mine, when we see that new self that is forgiven, and that sin that is canceled through the blood of Christ, and we get rid of that self-loathing and guilt, the consequence of sin that the devil never shows us, and yet we find it if we continue down that road. God stands so ready to show mercy and help the broken-hearted heal the broken-hearted. Praise God. He, he, she said, you know, I love myself now. This is that, that release of self-loathing. I see myself, she says, as God sees me. Thanks for listening to my story. Well, really, 
It's not just my story, it's God's story. And there's a verse she said that was such comfort to me. God is always there, always, even when I'm alone. And it's Isaiah 49 and verse 16, which said, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Oh, friend of mine, what mercy can do to change a life. Hallelujah. We do foolish things out of ignorance and God sends his word. And God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God really does heal the broken hearted. Colin from South Africa in Cape Town shares his testimony from England. Uh, He said, in Cape Town, South Africa, I will soon be married and ordained for full-time prison ministry in the same service. I served time in 27 English prisons for violence and burglary to support a heroin habit that required four to five injections a day of that foul-smelling, ugly brown mixture. When I held up my hand in the prison chapel in England and said, I need Jesus, I fully expected God to reject me. Instead, I caught a glimpse of his purity and justness. After being baptized in a waste bin of water, I came out knowing I was a free man. The war had been won. Today, men and women and young offenders are responding to the wooing of God's Spirit through the preaching of God's Word. Pray for me, Colin writes. Christ has made us free. Hallelujah. You see, God is sending His Word first to Colin and delivering him and setting him free. And now He's sending His Word through colon to others and woos them through the word you know god sent his word to you today and i can't help but ask is god wooing you through the word is he calling you to himself don't run from him any longer run to him and if you run to him like the prodigal son you know he sinned against his daddy he, 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 what an arrogant, selfish, <laughs> sorry excuse for a son he became. He was an, going to be an heir to the family business, to have a farm and be independent and have enough money to live well. But you know what he told his dad? He said, I want my share of the inheritance now. I don't want to stay and work on this farm. I don't want to to wait around for you to die. I want my inheritance now. I want to go live my life on my terms and go do my thing. I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly what the Bible teaches about the prodigal son. And the Bible said his dad gave him the inheritance and he went out and spent it on riotous living. We all know what that involves. I don't have to detail that. When you have money, you have some friends, and you can do a lot of things uh, and, and, and enjoy a lot of sins until the consequences begin to settle in on us. 
an old friend of mine. He was out when when he ran out of money. The fair-weather friends forsook him. He had, had no food in his belly. And he got down to the point that he said to a man if he would let him feed his hogs that he might have some of the husk of the corn to something to chew on and put in his belly. But he began to think about where he was and how deep he had fallen. And he says, you know, I'm going to go back to my father's house. I'd rather be a servant in my father's house than to live any longer like this. And when he started home, uh, he, he, said, uh, he said, I'm no more worthy to be called a son. But if I could just be a servant in my father's house. He'll, he'll probably never forgive me, and I'll never be considered his son. He's probably written me off. But if I could just be a servant in my father's house, it's a better life than the life that I'm living. And when he started that long journey home, he didn't have to make it all the way home for things to begin to change. Because the Bible said his father saw him coming a long way off. I love that. And the Bible said that when he saw his son coming, which meant he had been looking every day for him to come home, the Bible said he ran to him. He ran to him. And he fell upon him and kissed him. And before any of the other restoration occurred, he loved him. In spite of his sin, his rebellion, in spite of his folly, his foolishness, his selfishness, he loved his son, and he was glad to see him coming home. He saw his tattered robes uh, that now were in dis, dis, disrepair and disarray, and he said, he said, bring the best robe and put on him to the servants. He said, he said, look, his shoes are falling off his feet. Bring shoes and put on his feet. He said, bring the ring and put it on his finger. And he said, and kill the fatted calf <laughs> for this, my son. We're going to celebrate tonight for this, my son, that was lost, is now saved. Complete restoration to sonship to fellowship with his father, to the benefits and blessing of being an heir, though he blew his inheritance. The family signet ring is now placed upon his finger. He could conduct business and seal it with that ring on that, that, that soft wax uh, that would imprint with that seal. He was, he was, not just a servant, <laughs> no more worthy to be called a son. He was a fully restored son of his father. See, this is the glory of the grace of God. I'm going to ask you again, is God sending his word to you today? Is it you that have sinned and 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 now loathe yourself and feel there's no hope and God couldn't possibly love you. And even if he did, it would never be the same. And I want to tell you today, the devil is a liar and he's the father of all lies. But God's word is true and you can come home today. We used to sing 
that great hymn years ago when I was young. Come home, come home. O ye who are, who are weary, come home. Over life's ramparts, Jesus is watching and waiting, and he's calling, O sinner, come home. Don't run from me. Don't run away from me. Come to me. Oh, friend, that was playing the night when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ because I was one of those sinners that needed to come home. And I came home, and I was welcomed home, and my life was restored. And that's why I sing today His praises. And that's why I'm one of those that He's sending as well, to tell others what God can do for them. All of these years, we just celebrated 44 years of, of ministry. God has been good. And I'm looking forward to however many days, months, years that are left. I'm looking forward to telling people just like you how much God loves you. And what he's not, well, not only what he can do for you, but what he will do for you if you will but turn from your sin and call upon the Lord. And I pray that you will this very, very day. As we study the Word of God, He's sending it to you. If you're a Christian today and you've fallen away from the Lord, it's time to come home. For Jesus is calling. O sinner, come home. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today and you're, you're feeling that, that wooing, that tug in your heart, that's God touching you. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you. Don't run from Him. Don't leave this precious, holy moment and close your heart off to this love that's reaching out to you today. Open your heart. And receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Repent of your sin. Cry out to Him. And let Him lift that heavy burden of guilt and shame and hurt and brokenness. Because Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And He'll do it for you. And will you come back next week and let's continue to talk about Jesus.